Hello and welcome to Follow Me and Die. Episode number 49, Tuesday Tales number 7, Making Scrolls. Before I dive into today's episode, first we'll have a call-in from Eric Salzweedle of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. Take it away, Eric. Well, Larry, I think your voices will just fine. Hey, Larry, uh, Eric Salzweedle of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. And I think your fear of doing the funny voices is that it is a common stereotype for game players such as ourselves. My wife will even ask, or people that find out that I play Dungeons and Dragons-like games, they're like, do you do the funny voices too? And I'm like, yes, uh, I do do funny voices because I don't sound like a goblin. So what I need to sound like a goblin? I sound like a damn goblin. The one thing I don't do is I don't dress up, which they always ask. Anyway, I thought your bandit voice was perfect. Sounded a little bit like Colin Green, so maybe you could fill in for him on Spike Pit. And uh, I, yes, your Rancor sound <laughs> would be annoying if I heard it constantly, but I think it was a pretty good sound. Anyway, man, keep it up. Thanks for that, Eric. Appreciate all the support I've gotten from Spike Pit and Eric on my voices. I'll have to try to keep that in mind and try to do more voices. Today, I want to talk about making scrolls. Way back in AD&D, 7th level clerics and magic users, also druids and illusionists, can make scrolls. So 7th level not only brings you access to 4th level spells, but the ability to make scrolls. And Griswold, the cleric fighter magic user, had finally achieved 7th level, and he wanted to make some scrolls. His territory was a long day's ride from the edge of the Elven Kingdom, and the Elven Kingdom had a trade in Pegasi and Griffin Feathers. They would collect the feathers and sell those to magic users wanting to make scrolls. Because a feather of a magical creature is needed for the quill pen. The ink requires a magical creature's blood or the ink of a giant octopus or squid. Since he wasn't near the ocean, there were no giant octopuses or giant squid in the hills. So he traveled to the opposite end of the kingdom in the border area of Carbayan Wood, and he went hunting for giant trolls. Giant trolls were introduced in Monster Manual 2, and they are the cross of a hill giant with a troll, and they don't regenerate as fast as regular trolls, but require at least, I think it's six hit points of fire damage to prevent them from regenerating so that they can be put down for good. And Griswold did this more than once, He'd ride off with a couple of retainers to kind of watch his back, or sometimes I believe he even went by himself, and he'd try to track down a solo giant troll, because it'd be a little quicker and easier to deal with. He'd fireball it to make sure he got the fire damage in, and then try to use other spells if he could manage it, or finish the fight with melee. And one time, as I recall, it's a little fuzzy, he ended up having more than one that he encountered. And there might have been three of them. Griswold fireballed them, and we beat on them. And as I recall, Griswold and any henchmen were beat up, and it took all the healing he could bring to bear to give him a few more hit points. And then trying to find a safe place to lie low till the next day so they could learn some more spells and get some more healing and try to travel back to his town. So that was always fun. That's one way to 
make magic a little more special is don't just go buy it. You got to go get the stuff you need to make it. Also at 7th level, magic users can make potions. But at 7th level, while it makes sense to have a fully stocked lab, you also need to hire an alchemist. And it was beyond Griswold's cash flow to manage that. When he reached 11th level as a magic user, that removes the need for an alchemist, but you still need the fully stocked lab. And he didn't have enough cash flow to stock a lab either. He doesn't have a huge population to support taxes of a a plentiful nature. He taxes the wagon trains that go through, and he's got a business interest in a merchant company, so he makes some money from that. And he made enough to pay troops that weren't followers and to feed everybody and to pay his other hirelings and henchmen, but there wasn't always a lot extra. Thus, the impetus to go adventuring. Now, I do like the idea in Holmes' Blue Box that the lowly magic user and his one spell at first level will invest in making scrolls. So that implies that making scrolls is something any magic user can do. In Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, when Unearthed Arcana came out, it had rules for a magic user casting spells from his spellbook like a scroll. Well, that should then mean that any magic user can make scrolls before 7th level. Because if he can write in his own book and cast it like a scroll, why can't he make a scroll? I'm reevaluating how to handle that, because that's... Well, at first level, you don't have a lot. And make the cost expensive so they don't have portable hole full of scrolls. Make them earn it. You know, there's a chance for failure. It's pretty high, and the higher the level of the spell, the higher the chance of failure. Your level kind of minimizes the chance of failure, but if you're trying to create a scroll with the highest level spell you can possibly cast, it's got the greatest chance of failure. It's not a sure thing. And you either end up making single spell scrolls or risk ruining the entire scroll if you make a multi-spell scroll. I don't know how other versions of D&D handle it. I don't know how other OSR rule sets handle it. I haven't really looked into it. But that's something that I'm evaluating how I want to handle that since I still run AD&D for my campaign. I've been modifying things here and there. How have you handled making scrolls has your game master made you go find the ingredients to make the ink or can you just go buy it and do it the easy way can you make a scroll at any level or do you have to reach a certain level before you can start making scrolls in a future episode perhaps next tuesday i'll talk about making other kinds of magic items but i didn't want this to be too long since the last couple of episodes have been pretty lengthy this has been a wild ride and while I'm calling this episode 49, I had an episode zero, so this is actually the, in total, 50th episode. And I also today hit 50 listens per episode, and nearly 2,500 total listens. Uh, my first couple of podcasts are over 80 listens each, and only two of them that were more of an advertisement for the PDFs I've put out in the past or my uh, patreon are in the 30s everything else is 40s and up which is just amazing speaking of which i'm hoping to get my next pdf for october out before tomorrow night's wednesday night game and yes i did talk about the wednesday night ad and d game coming to an end but with the same game master we've 
started playing Stars Without Number last Wednesday, and that was a fun little introduction. We did the fast character creation, and we all had our characters and started doing our adventure. We got to where the goal of the adventure is to start figuring out what's going on that we have to do, so we'll see how that goes tomorrow night. Unfortunately, one of our players had a massive heart attack and is in the hospital, so he kind of gave us a scare. So, Pat, heal up out there, and uh, we hope you can join us again soon. Well, that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening, and game on. And here's the end blurb. You can find Follow Me and Die at my blog, followmeanddie.com, here on Anchor and the other places where my podcast is syndicated, Follow Me and Die on YouTube, and you can find me on various sites where you see my social media avatar by the amazing Satine Phoenix. I have a social page on my blog that directs to all of my various social media. To get more of my thoughts and opinions in the realm of RPGs and games, check out my other sites. I also contribute to Multiverse.World by the new TSR. If you like the podcast and the other things I share online, there are a few ways you can support my efforts. First, tell me and tell others. Just getting the word out is important. Consider backing me on my Patreon. Patrons get a vote on what PDF I publish next on one bookshelf. You can check out my growing list of PDFs at either DriveThruRPG or RPG Now. And if you like what you see, please let me know. And if there's something that doesn't quite suit you, please let me know. Constructive criticism is very important for those of us who publish our own PDFs. I also have a Teespring store where you can get a shirt with my logo. The same one by Satine Phoenix. Thanks for listening, and game on!